Hello, it's David, that uh, crazy atheist guy on the internet. I'm your friend. How you doing? Great. Sorry. You can probably hear that on the mic. I've got a little bit of cold. It's no big deal. It's not catchy. You're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. Take a little bit of NyQuil tonight. You'll be okay. You don't, you don't get miss work for this. So, uh, yeah, i got a couple of stories for you. And boy, I put this off as long as I could. I uh, actually did this a couple of days ago. And uh, I thought, man, I don't, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this show. This stuff just makes me mad. And so I just thought I'd come down for a couple of days. And now I'm, I'm back at it. I'm going to do it. Let's let's get to it. Only got a couple of stories. Only take about fifteen minutes. Hey, you can stop by BSC Weekly uh, at uh, actually bscweekly.com, or you can email me bscweekly at gmail.com. I'll uh, I'll I'll chat with you. Why not? We're all friends here. So, uh, yeah, good morning, uh, kids. It's time for school. Please open your textbooks to CBN. Uh, it's the chapter illustrating why Christians shouldn't be allowed to be teachers. Here's the headline. Utah teacher fired after telling class homosexuality is wrong. <laughs> Okay, so uh, yeah, before uh, before diving into this story, let me just point out that the headline is presidential, president, not presidential, prejudicial, and misleading. Actually, in our environment, that is kind of presidential too. Now that I think about it, so uh, CBN is trying to create some sympathy for a teacher and imply that she was wrongly fired for simply holding a basic Christian belief. And if that's the impression that you got from the headline, then they were successful. And they know that most people are never going to make it past the first headline. So the headline is the story, and the story is the truth. But as we're about to discover, the headline doesn't reveal the half of it. And I just want to say one other thing about this type of headline. You see this all the time. Because what the real implication is, is that this poor teacher was persecuted for her faith. Oh yeah, she didn't do anything wrong. She just held some basic Christian beliefs. These are beliefs that Christians have had for hundreds of years, a couple of thousand years. And all of a sudden, they're being fired just for being Christians. That's the idea behind this kind of headline. Bullshit. Wait a minute, can I say that? Oh, yeah, it's my show. <laughs> Bullshit! Here's the uh, story. A uh, substitute teacher uh, at a Utah elementary school was fired after she allegedly told the fifth grade student in her classroom that homosexuality was a sin during a pre-Thanksgiving classroom lesson centered around students expressing why they were Thankful. Uh, CBN continues um, the, uh, the fiction from the headline by saying that the incident was alleged. Did you catch that in the, in the uh, reading? That it was alleged? Huh. I, I wonder why they would put that in the first paragraph. Uh, that lie is, of course, put to the torch in the next paragraph. Uh, that acknowledges that the school actually confirmed the incident, 
Also note that uh, this was a fifth grade class. These were pre-adolescents. Why would someone be talking about sin to these kids at all? These people believe that it is appropriate to share their religious convictions to anyone, anywhere, under any circumstance where they can get a captive audience. Also, you have to just, you just have to think. This teacher in her mind is thinking this 11-year-old is going to go to hell. This 11-year-old is going to burn in hell if she doesn't do something to save this kid's soul. Okay, all right. The story continues. The uh, Salt Lake Tribune reports the students at Deerfield Elementary School in Cedar Hills, Utah. She launched into an angry anti-homosexual rant when an 11-year-old student expressed that he was thankful he was going to be adopted by his two fathers. The school confirmed the incident in a statement to ABC News on Sunday. Okay, now that, uh, now that we're getting down into uh, the part where, where people stop reading, the story adds the detail that the teacher launched into an angry anti-homosexual rant. Also bear in mind that the target of this rant was an 11-year-old boy. Now what do we know about the emotional state of this boy? Well, just that uh, he was in the process of being adopted which means he needed to be adopted in the first place. That the, the, that's the person that this teacher thought needed a taste of God's holy wrath. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? It gets worse. According, uh, back to the story, according to the students, the woman said, why on earth would you be happy about that? And for the next 10 minutes, she lectured the 30 kids, about her own views, how homosexuality is wrong, and how, uh, two men having uh, uh, living together is a sin. And she looked at the boy, too, and told him, that's nothing to be thankful for. And the substitute tenue continued to talk about homosexuality until three students left the classroom in order to tell the school principal. Oh, boy. Wow, notice how the story has escalated from the impression that we got in the headline. It went from a teacher casually mentioning her opinion that homosexuality was wrong to the tirade being so bad and taking so long that three students had the opportunity to get up and go report the teacher to someone slightly less crazy than her. A boy in a fragile emotional state is about to be adopted and told by the teacher that he had nothing for which to be thankful. Sure, sure, the kid was about to be adopted. That's a rarity for an 11-year-old boy, okay? Uh, having been in uh, adoption uh, a, a little bit in my my life, uh, been, been on that side of things. We almost adopted a kid once, did some foster parenting. Don't worry about it. I, I, I survived. So did the kid. 11-year-old boys don't get adopted. Okay, it's a big deal. But the teacher uh, knew a higher truth. 
I could just imagine her 10-minute sermon uh, that she gave to this boy. It probably included saying something like the following. I'm sorry, I'm going to get a little crude. Okay, it's nothing worse than what you hear on most playgrounds. The teacher may have said, don't you know your two daddies are... Don't you know uh, what your two daddies are doing behind the locked door at night? Don't you know that uh, one of your daddies is getting on top of the other daddy's bottom and pounding him like a cheap beefsteak in need of tenderization? Now how happy are you that you're about to be adopted, you degenerate little turd? Okay, so there was no recording. We don't know exactly what she said in that 10 minutes. But if that's not what she said, it's what she was thinking. Okay. So whatever she said, uh, I'm certain the love of Jesus shined through. Here's the thing. She doesn't even represent the views of the majority of Christians. Polling data suggests that a little over half of uh, all Christians believe same-sex marriage should be legal. They do not believe it's a sin uh, to be homosexual. This is just the view of a certain type of Trump-supporting fundy Christian. Now, at least there's a little bit of a silver lining. The teacher was fired. However, I do believe that uh, these sorts of incidents are a natural result of hiring people who think like this in the first place. Beliefs have consequences. You wouldn't hire a person who promoted pedophilia as a sex education teacher. And yet we put young earth... Uh, proponents in science classrooms. Beliefs have consequences. You're, you're naturally putting a nut job, bigoted, homophobic, religious fundy in a classroom where real kids have to deal with these issues in real world circumstances is just asking for trouble. Now, I wonder what the liability would be if this practically unadoptable, unadoptable child was dropped by these would-be parents because they just wouldn't be able to handle the persecution. That is the goal, after all, of this type of Christian. They would rather the orphan boy remain orphaned rather than have a good home with two daddies. Bad shit crazy. Headline number two. Secrecy of confession must never be violated, Vatican says. Okay, this is from the, uh, the Catholic Standard. There's a, there's a link uh, in the blog. I suggest you read the whole article. I'm not reading anywhere near uh, all of the article. There's a lot of art. I can't take it. I, I can't read this thing aloud. I'll, I'll give you some highlights. In the light of a worrying negative prejudice against the Catholic Church, Pope, I'm sorry, I already can't get through this. All right, just hang on. Let me try again. In the light of a worrying negative prejudice against the Catholic Church, Pope Francis ordered the publication of a document affirming the absolute secrecy of everything said in confession and calling on priests to defend it at all cost, even at the cost of their lives. 
If only. All right, I, I almost can't go home. Go go on from here. Um, we're we're really only at the first paragraph. Uh, this document was released in the uh, light of worrying negative prejudice. Are you kidding me? At this point, it's impossible to have unjustified negative prejudice of the Catholic Church in their handling of various scandals. And in case you were wondering, it's not just pedophile priests. There's more. We might get to it at some point. I don't know. Not in this one. But let me just tell you, there's more. There's more. I'm not going to say it gets worse, but it stays bad. Uh, okay, so uh, yeah, we might cover some of that later. Uh, not, not right now, though. It's just hard to get past the idea that the Vatican is worried about negative prejudice. Listen, it's not prejudice. It's a real concern about the things you've been caught doing and that you continue to do in the name of your religion. Okay, I'm, I'm trying to get past this. Uh, they're actually trying to make us the bad guys because we are enabling, uh, uh, in, inhib uh, exhibiting prejudice against them. We... We're the ones overreacting to them raping everything in sight and covering it up. How dare we overreact to that? How dare we hold any negative prejudice as a result of that? Yeah, not only do we uh, feel that policy on confessional secrecy is justified, uh, they feel the need to defend it with their lives. Oh, how noble of them. Did you catch that? He wants the priests to defend the secrecy with their lives. Now, many of their victims have paid with their lives, but I'm actually not aware of any priest who've paid with their lives, yet they want us to somehow picture the priest in the, in the uh, role of martyrs for Jesus, defending the sacred right. Okay, we got to move on. The need, uh, this back to the article, the need for absolute secrecy of confession comes directly from revealed divine law and has its roots in the very nature of the sacrament to the point that no exception whatsoever can be admitted in the uh, in the ecclesial sphere, and even less in the civil one, a new Vatican document said. Yeah, so um, this paragraph sets up the, the most important thing to watch for in the article. If you go back and read it, you'll see it time and again. This is about uh, the law of God as opposed to the law of men. The divine law is the only thing that Christians care about. Now, I know this is a Catholic article in particular. But all Christians think this way. The Bible tells them directly that they ought to obey God rather than man. The divine law supersedes secular law. Civil laws are the least important laws to these people. Back to the article. Some recent challenges to the secrecy of confession have come from states trying to react to the Catholic Church clerical sexual abuse crisis 
The note acknowledged uh, the document did not mention any specific proposed legislation, such as that uh, which is uh, working its way through the California uh, legislature or proposed in Australia in response to the government inquiry into the sex abuse crisis. Okay, so people wonder why I read this stuff and, uh, and rant about it. It's, it's because beliefs matter. No one is arbitrarily wanting to interfere with Catholic practice. This is a direct response to the Catholic Church knowing exactly which priests are diddling your kids at this very moment and refusing to tell because of their divine law. That's why it matters. The latest news uh, about the uh, Buffalo, New York bishop who took early retirement at 73. Yeah, that's, that's early retirement. He had a secret list of uh, priests, and he knew uh, the ones who were accused of rape. They were still active in the church. This bishop was caught describing some of the priests as, quote, sick puppies, unquote. You know what he did about him? He took their secret confessions and moved on because while child safety is optional, priest confessions should be guarded with one's life. You know what? It gets battier, shittier, crazier. Here's the article. The priest in fact, comes to know of the sins of the penitent. Non ut homo sit ut Deus. Not as man, but as God. To the point that he simply does not know what was said in the confessional. Because he did not listen as a man but precisely in the name of God, the Vatican document said. I, I can't take much more of this. Um, yeah, I'm bleeding out of my ears, and I swear I didn't have a tumor before I started this. <laughs> so, okay, you see... The priest in the confessional is not really a man listening to the confession of a man. He's not merely a human representative of God. He's transformed into an agent of God who hears with different non-human ears. He listens not as a man, but as God. Tell me, how exactly does God listen? How do, how do they presume to know that? Now, their argument goes along the lines that God gave Peter, uh, and therefore somehow all priests, go figure that one, the ability and responsibility to forgive sins on this earth. In order for them to forgive the sins, they must hear the confession of those sins. And in order for people to feel comfortable making those confessions, there has to be absolute secrecy. 
Well, that seems to be a rather convenient deal for those who uh, want to unburden themselves of their terrible crimes that, you know, might otherwise weigh heavily on their consciences. I mean, just think about it. What this offers criminals have, uh, have a place they can go and make a detailed confession to a responsible human being and not only have their secret kept, but receive absolution of all wrongdoing. You know, it's often said by Christians that uh, atheists are just denying God so that they can go on sinning, and that couldn't be further from the truth. If what we wanted to do was go on sinning with impunity, we'd become Catholics. Catholics have our back. Pedophiles, they've got your back. Rapists, other abusers, they have your back. Burglars, drug traffickers, embezzlers, Tax evaders, whatever floats your freak, Catholic Church has your back. And to hell with a civil law. There's not a man in that booth. That is God incarnate. And he has forgiven you, and no one else need to be involved. Any human priest, the, the human priest in that booth, he doesn't even hear what you're saying. And to the extent that he does, he forgets it because it wasn't meant for his ears in the first place, but God's. You can't subpoena God, now can you? And this is how they think. And this is how they act. And this is how they cover up how they act. This stuff is dangerously batshit crazy. And it's time for people of good conscience to stop ignoring it and start calling it out for what it is. I'm out.